Well, how are we doing, everyone? Welcome to Bringing Down the House. I am Ja'Kalen Madison, board member for the Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity, joined by the wonderful, the beautiful, the talented executive director, Miss Allie Parrish. <laughs> Hello. How are we doing, Allie? I'll pay you later for that one. <laughs> I know, I know. The, the check's hopefully in the mail. You know. Oh, man, I am so excited for this. Yes. This is our first podcast. Yes. I don't know who allowed us to have a podcast, (laughs) but I'm so excited we have one. This is going to be great. It's all Nora's fault. (laughs) Poor Nora. That poor girl. I mean, how she is able to deal with us on a frequent basis, I will never understand. Me neither. Oh, man. Well, I mean, so, Allie, this podcast... Tell us, I know we had kind of the the introduction to it, and people should probably already know, but just in case, kind of fill us in. What is this podcast really about? Yeah, so we are always looking for ways, you know, the the mission of Habitat in some ways is is very simple and clear, and in a lot of ways there's a lot of complications, and, and the topics that surround, you know, affordable housing and just the work in the community and, and so many things that families are facing are actually, you know, really complicated. So we're always looking for ways that we can educate, that we can engage people in dialogue and conversation around some of these important issues and topics, and also just help people learn a little bit more, more about what we do on a daily basis and to do our mission. Yeah, you know, I, I will say this. For being a board member, I have learned so much, not only about just, you know, Habitat for Humanity and what it is, but, you know, about housing and affordable housing and the crisis that it truthfully is. I mean, we hear so much in uh, the everyday media about XYZ and this and healthcare and blah, 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 but you really don't know uh, how much of a crisis housing is in this country, and not only this country, but locally. So I'm really excited that we have this opportunity uh, to hopefully bring some information and hopefully in an easy way to people. Uh, Hopefully they find some uh, levity in all of this as well. But I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Well, let's jump right on in, shall we? Okay, let's do it. Well, you know, we do these things. uh, For me on the board, you know, we always start all of our board meetings with what we call a mission moment. And Allie, the staff, you guys do that as well. We kind of explain to the people what is a mission moment? Yeah, so, you know, I mean, just like with anything that's that's can be a tough job, you know, the things that we do, the, the, the issues that our families are facing, you know, a lot of it's really heavy stuff. And so we just always feel it's important, um, whether it be the board, or the staff, or the folks that are really in the nitty gritty of it every day, um, to just take a pause and really stop and think, about what we're what we're doing here. Why are we doing all of this? Why are we doing the hard job? Why are what are our families going through? And what is the the culmination of all of that? That the bright spots and and just the importance of remembering those things. So, um, it always it's it's meaningful to me that we kick off you know the the business aspect of of Habitat's work. You know with with that mission moment to kind of tie us back to that mission right away. Yeah, I I, I really that I. It's so interesting sitting there in those board meetings and any other time we share them and just listening to what touched someone. What is the why of why we're, we're doing this? And for me, if you know, if we're going to start with a mission moment, for me in particular, we just finished our Builder Circle breakfast. And for those of you that uh, did not get the opportunity to, to log in and watch, oh, man, <laughs> it was probably one of the most uh, transcendent moments I've ever had as mm-hmm. part of this organization uh, the, the the beautiful marriage of faith, religion, 
the mission to see the hard work of everyone uh, culminate in that moment. It, it just was I, by far one of the most um, invigorating moments and it rejuvenated me. It was like, oh man, yes, I want to keep working. I want to keep going. I love that. And mm-hmm. Allie, you were there and you gave a wonderful speech. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, I actually just shared with the staff this morning that that was my mission moment to just being something that was just shortly a week ago or so. And, um, you know, the idea that we can come and we can tell the stories, we can do the business, we can try to engage people in the mission. Um, but it was a meaningful thing to me to to add on the worship component component for folks that maybe that meant something to them. But just everything that's been so difficult lately um, this year, especially in our world, um, that just fed me. And I and it was such a joy to be able to be a part of that with you, with Keisha and Andrew and all of our family and friends that got to be a part of that. And um, it just it was such a high and a highlight for me as well. So I appreciate you being a part of it. No, thank you. Thank you for allowing me allowing me to be a part of it. And I am I, am I correct? Are people able to watch that back? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's available on on our website, on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook. Um, but you know, and also Toria, our home buyer that spoke. I mean, she just absolutely killed it. Oh yeah. Um, she just she is such a, an amazing person, and to be able to hear her story, it just always you know always uplifts me. So truthfully, if you don't watch, I mean, if you if you only watch it for one thing, it needs to be Toria's speech. Yeah. Oh yeah. Her speech absolutely. encompassed everything about Habitat and why we do this and what it is to really be a home buyer. And I just, I really enjoyed her speech and listening to it. Yep. Yep. It was, it was awesome just to see the transformation and just see how much it's meant to her. And, um, the fact that her grandson, you know, will always have a place that he knows as home, um, and doesn't ever have to worry about that. And yeah, definitely should check it out. It was awesome. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, so ladies and gentlemen, we're going to just dive right in here on this first one. We're going to yeah. we're going to get our hands dirty <laughs> when bringing down this house. Uh, there are going to be a lot of corny jokes. I hope we're ready for that. People that know me are like, who gave him a microphone? Wow. This is just to boost his ego. And bit. you don't have your glasses on, so you can't really see. I can't either. see. <laughs> yeah. OK, Allie. First off, just a little bit of a break here. OK, so like. Before we started this, I'm sitting here like, where are my glasses? <laughs> like, I'm not that blind, but I'm kind of blind. So, like, reading these notes are going to be really hard here, people. So, if I'm stumbling, if I'm really just struggling, like I'm at a third grade reading level, I promise you, it's just because of my glasses. Like, I'm, Allie was no help to the situation either. She just sat there and laughed. So. I just laughed. She did. That shows, you, that shows you what I deal with here, ladies and gentlemen. Shows you what I deal with. Uh, so, you know, Allie, we, there is a... A term that we hear all the time when mm-hmm. it comes to Habitat, when it comes to uh, what we do. And this term is called affordable housing. Yeah. And I think that it gets used so much that we really forget what it means. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how do we sum up what is affordable housing? I mean, is it just, oh, I can buy a home? I mean, what what really does that mean? Right. Well, and I think it probably means a lot of different things to a lot of people. But um, if we're going to get technical on it, which is gonna the world that we kind of live in, um, actually HUD has a definition for what they deem to be considered affordable, an affordable dwelling. And a dwelling is deemed to be affordable if a family is spending less than 30% of their income on that housing or on that dwelling um, as their place to live. So anytime that a family is forced to spend more than 30% or more of their income on housing, that's when the housing is deemed to be not affordable 
for their for that family. So when we so we talk about the thirty percent of the income is that just for renters? Is that for home buyers? Is that for everyone? That's across the board for everyone. So whether you own a home, a single family dwelling, or maybe even a condo, or you rent a home or rent an apartment, um, even for folks in transitional housing, or you know it could be temporary, it could be permanent. It's that thirty percent threshold that really you know defines that that housing affordable or not. And that, if I'm correct, that's that's also referred to as being cost burdened. Correct. Correct. Exactly. There's two terms that we kind of look at. Um, if a family's spending thirty percent or more on housing of their income, we call that cost burdened. Their housing is is causing a burden um, to their ability to afford to pay for everything else that they need to, to afford. Um, severely cost burdened takes that one step further, and that's when that's the definition of when a family's really spending more than 50% of their income on housing. Interesting. Uh, so, Ali, let's, let's dive right into we, While we have these national statistics, Locally, yeah. how is that affecting those counties that we serve, Blackhawk, Bremer, Buchanan? How is that affecting areas here? Yeah. So actually, there are about 18,000 families in the four counties that we serve right now that are deemed to, to uh, be cost burdened by their housing, meaning that they're spending 30% or more of their income on their rent or their mortgage or what have you. And to take that one step further, there's actually nearly 9,000, between 8,500 and 9,000 families in those areas um, that are actually severely cost burdened, spending more than 50% of their income on housing. Wow. So how do we, and this is a very loaded question, but how does a family you know, navigate through being cost burden and, and owning a home? Because I mean, that's uh, 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 having a home, having a place to live is such a important part of your family, of your life, having a place to lay your head. So how do they navigate through being cost burden or severely cost burden and still maintaining a place to live? Yeah, it's really, really difficult, you know, for families. And we hear all different kinds of stories and situations out there and everything from, you know, just scraping, you know, to get to, to get by, to having to add debt uh, to be able to cover, you know, normal expenses. But most of what we see is, is folks are making trade-offs. So, you know, maybe a single parent is forced to work two jobs um, just to be able to cover that extra cost and be able to have enough left over for, you know, healthcare and food and transportation and everything else that they need to, you know, be able to pay for for their family. Um, there's constant moving, you know, so we see folks that, you know, the the landlord is is raising rents again and now they're on the move again. And so there's a lot of instability in the family and just having to constantly move to try to stay on top of, you know, an affordable place to live. Um, and, 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 you know, like I said, those trade-offs, sometimes people's trade-offs are that they live in, you know, a small apartment and now their family is overcrowded. So maybe they're a family of seven or five and they only have a two bedroom, you know, option for them that is actually affordable for the family. So um, there's a lot of ways that we're seeing families adapt. You know, maybe it's a, you know, an apartment with, you know, mold and all kinds of, you know, uh, conditions that are not, that are substandard just to be able to say, well, I mean, I guess I can afford this place, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and things like that. So it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see, you know, the burden that this causes on the family um, in so many different ways. Yeah. And, and you know, I've, I was reading earlier uh, as well, when you talk about the sacrifices, 
that I mean, when you're thinking, oh, they're spending this much money on their ex- of their income on just rent alone, that they're sacrificing uh, things like healthcare and food. Mm-hmm. And I, I read somewhere it's like you know, seventy percent of families sacrifice healthcare to be able to afford a place to live. Yeah. And it's like you know that number in and of itself, it's like wow. Yeah. I, I can't even get sick because I am I, I have no healthcare because I'm paying however much money it is in my monthly rent so that me and my family have a place to live. Absolutely. I mean, that was just so shocking to me. Absolutely. Um, let alone transportation and, and, or, I mean, heaven forbid, extracurriculars and fun, yeah. you know, um, savings, investing in future education, all those things can fall into that category of there's just not enough to go around for, for any of that. Yeah, and you know, when we talk about the trending of it, University of Iowa, they did a study. It was, they looked over, I want to say it was about 30 years of, uh, you know, this term of families that are cost burdened in the state of Iowa. Mm-hmm. And when they looked at renters over from 1990 to 2010, I think it was, I can't think of the actual numbers per se where we started, but in the state of Iowa, 43% of renters were cost burdened at, in 2010. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know where that number is now, but yeah. just to think 43% of renters in the state of Iowa mm-hmm. alone are cost burdened. Like that, you don't ever think about right. that. You don't ever you don't ever see it. And a lot of the times, these could be your your neighbors. These could be people that you work with. Absolutely. I mean, they, they hide it so well. Yes. I'm sure you've seen that where in, in your time here at Habitat as well. Absolutely. I'm always floored by the stories when, you know, we do get a chance to sit down and actually visit with our families, you know, on not just their dreams for future home ownership, but also what their current living conditions are and what their current realities are. And to take that one step further, even in Blackhawk County, um, most recent statistics that we saw in Blackhawk County are 48% of renters in Blackhawk are right now uh, cost burdened on their rent, which is just a staggering, staggering number in my opinion. So yeah, it's, it's if you look to your left or to your right, you know, someone is cost burdened if they're renting, which is just crazy to me. That, that, that is that is just, it's one of those things, again, we don't hear about it enough, so mm. I think we just assume that it's not there right but it is and right. like you said you look to your left look to your right someone on either side of you yeah. is dealing with this cost burden situation yeah uh, so now with habitat and its mission and and what we do how or i should say you know what you guys do because you guys are boots on the ground mm-hmm. every day with this uh i just have the honor of sitting on the board but how do you guys help rectify this situation? Yeah. So one of the, the keys with, our, you know, our program and affordable home ownership. So again, you know, there's, you know, the spectrum with affordable housing and Habitat really focuses in on the ultimate stability, which is affordable home ownership in particular. So we're really helping families transition from more of that kind of, you know, rent here, rent there, uh, t- too much money on rent to really transitioning into being homeowners where that old ultimate stability really comes into play. And with our program, so that we can ensure it is affordable for the families, because the loan that they take out for their home is actually through Habitat, we can make sure and fix their monthly payment for their mortgage and their property taxes insurance at no more than that 29% of their gross income. And so usually most of our families are actually falling even lower than that, more in the 25% range, Um, just keeping them below that 30% threshold and as far below as we can so that as 
things change and you know um, over time that they're they're they have the margin they have the ability to to pay for the things they need to pay for well and i'm guessing obviously but we've seen great success with that i'm guessing absolutely and and just the nature of the program and the way that the families are so bought in their partners throughout the entire thing they work so hard with 300 hours of sweat equity and everything else for this opportunity to purchase their home from habitat and become a a homeowner um we have an enormous success rate in the program um 94 percent or 96 percent success rate only four percent of the families that have entered this program in our in our 30 years have ended in foreclosure. So um, I I think that's just a testament to the process, to how uh, families, um, you know, work hard for this, the classes they take and everything else, but also the history that they've had with affordable housing and the lack of it in their lives and how we hear time and time again about how you know, they do not want to go back to, you know, that kind of a, that instability and that kind of life. Yeah. And before we keep going, you know, Allie, this, and this is going to happen a lot. You know, you and I are going to use terms that yeah. we use every day or we use yeah. in common conversation where the typical viewer is like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so just so we all just so let's open up the dictionary real quick yeah, on sure. Habitat. What is sweat equity? Sure. What does that mean? Yeah, that is definitely a term we use all the time. <laughs> It doesn't, it's not most attractive term. No, it's not. Either. So they're like, I'm sorry. Yeah, three, what? what is sweat equity? Why am I doing 300 hours of it? Uh, excuse me. <laughs> well, we like to say it's, it, it's just basically like volunteering, yeah. but for the program, um, really uh, as part of the down payment on the, the home and the loan, um, the families provide time. So they have to, you know, show a commitment to the program, to helping their neighbor. That's been a part of Habitat's history since the beginning. So they have to show that um, they're willing to commit to helping another family actually build their house. Um, Their first 100 hours are actually serving another family. So they're helping them build their house. They're helping work in the restore, some of their classes, things like that. In the first 100 hours, that's before they even get to have an, an opportunity for a conversation around their own location and their own house plan. And then they do more hours when it actually comes to their own house they're building right alongside our volunteers um and each other so they build community that way too yeah and i think that's something that people don't realize i and i told i was i told ali this in a meeting that we had a while ago i was under the assumption before i joined habitat that oh they just build a home and then they just give it to people right. like that was the misconception that i had but it's like oh no 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 right you have people that are actually working for their home and what i have what i want truthfully i love attending uh the dedications Mm -hmm. i love each and every one that i've been to because you see this person that not only have they spent time working on someone else's home Mm -hmm. but they spent time working on their home and just about every dedication i've been to they've mentioned that they've mentioned like it was really helpful that I worked on this person's home and then to build my own bedroom, to build the to build the the roof, to build the siding. It's just like yeah. oh wow. And I mean you have that extra stake now in this home. It's like, oh, yeah, th- this is mine. Absolutely. So I mean it's it, it may seem like it's like wow, that seems like a lot, but truthfully it pays off mm-hmm. and it makes that homeowner that just more uh, invested. Yes, yep. exactly. Absolutely. Vested in the situation. So Yeah, I like to h- remind folks um, or even just the staff. So every once in a while, we'll come out and do like a staff build day if we can. And, and, and it's it's good for us to be, you know, engaged 
in that level on the mission as well. But um, with a lunch in there or whatever, I always think it's about six hours of full on work, you know, that that we're kind of doing that day on our staff build. And I like to remind them that that's just one day for us and we're all exhausted and whatever. But for our buyers, they have to do 50 times that one day just for the opportunity to purchase a home with Habitat, which just floors me. You know, I mean, when you think about and they they have full-time jobs and lives and have to make childcare arrangements and you know everything and so that just goes to show how much having an affordable home that they can own really means to those families and with a 96 percent success rate i mean that that speaks volumes yeah so i digress a little bit but i mean that's still just it's it's an important topic to to dive into and i know that's going to come up a lot more in in next conversations but when we talk about uh again this affordable housing and what habitat does to help the situation i think it's interesting to talk about also the cost of materials to build yeah and how that plays a role and to what we do in trying to provide affordable housing because Mm -hmm. the cost of materials have not gone down no. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. No. And and especially this year. Yeah, uh, especially <laughs> this year. With uh, with everything that everybody's dealing with right now. But absolutely, I mean, it takes approximately about $165,000, $170,000 to build one new construction home with Habitat. And that's, you know, the lion's share of volunteer labor on, on a lot of it um, with, you know, very little, you know, construction management admin added into that. So, um, you know, it's, it's not getting any cheaper. And that's I've probably since in the last seven years since I've been here, that's ticked up already 20, you know, 15 to $20,000. Wow. Um, so it's, it's, it's only going to keep going up. And so that's our challenge is, is knowing as you know, there's over 300 families right now on our waiting list alone of all those folks dealing with cost burden and everything else in the community. You know, we're always trying to challenge ourselves as to how can we do this, you know, most effectively, efficiently stretching those dollars bringing on new partners, trying to get people to invest, um, you know, in the mission, um, because it, it's only going to keep going up. And, you know, we talk, especially with everything that's happening in 2020, and I, I don't mean to make this a, a political conversation, yeah. but there are some, you know, there are things that happen uh, with people above us mm-hmm. that does affect what happens here locally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember when HUD was really established, I want to say it was around like Lyndon B. Johnson, maybe mm. in the '60s. Don't fact check me, people. Please don't. <laughs> like I, I, I'm, I'm just trying here. I'm just trying. Okay, man. There was someone that was like, no, Lyndon B. Johnson was not. Like someone right now was just triggered by that fact. We get the point. We yes, we understand. Okay, I'm trying to sound smart. All right. Come at me. But still, I mean, when HUD, we, we, we talk about when HUD was developed and, and the reasonings for that, I don't really know, especially in the in the past, you know, for a 12 years, mm-hmm. if it's had such a, a dominant role as it should be in dealing with situations of affordable housing and all of these cost burden families. I mean, what what have you seen on your side? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I that's a loaded question to <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, 
you know, I think there's good and bad with everything. So, um, you know, there's certainly some really good programs out there that they support. Um, On the home ownership spectrum, I would say there's probably less than there are on the affordable rental side of things. Um, But there are some good programs out there. I think the hardest thing always with the government side of things, and, and, you know, that's just the reality of it, is that there's a ton of red tape. Yeah. And there's a lot to have to get through just to be able to use the funds and use them well. So um, although that is definitely an important piece and we need our, you know, um, our folks, uh, the powers that be to always be, you know, putting affordable housing as a priority um, in in every way they possibly can. um, You know, we also appreciate and realize the need for as much local investment as we possibly can to remove some of that red tape and just let us do the job and our and our partners in the community they're working so hard at this just let us do the job that we're here to do yeah no i completely agree with that uh wait one second nora uh, nora is our uh outstanding marketing person nora do me a favor can you look up when lyndon b johnson was president uh, <laughs> thank you i just need to say this is gonna bother me now like we cannot end this podcast until i know when he was president I'm pretty sure it was uh in the late 60s was that was it 1965 was he president 1963 to 1969, Lyndon B. Johnson. Okay, so I was there. Okay. Somewhere, one of my history teachers was like, oh my gosh, he paid attention. (laughs) Thank you to Carolyn Braley, Tracy Richmond, um, Scott Shera, all of the wonderful history teachers that I had in my life. I actually paid attention in class. Just wanted to throw that out They're there. They're happy, but our grandparents are mortified right now. <laughs> that's so true. Like, so what is true. the matter with you two? Oh, <laughs> man. That's what happens when you give us a mic. Uh, so, Allie, uh, to pick up where you left off, though, yeah. locally, how can someone help mm-hmm. with the you know this, this buzzword of um, affordable housing and all the things that we talked about when it comes to being cost burden and severely cost burden? Mm-hmm. How can I... Average Joe living in Blackhawk, Bremer, wherever, how can I help with that situation? Absolutely. Well, I mean, there's, uh, you know, many organizations out in our community that are that are working to this end. Um, if you have the ability to get involved with one of them, so it's not just Habitat out here doing what we do, but there are a lot of other housing organizations that are doing great, great work uh, in this community. Um, so always there's resources needed, whether it be your time you know, treasure, talent, whatever it may be. Um, And also just advocacy, you know, talking to, uh, being at the table, listening to conversations around affordable housing, um, city council meetings and all the places where, you know, some of these crucial decisions are made. There's, there's, there's issues with, uh, you know, code enforcement, there's issues with land use policies and different things like that. You know, we can always be advocates, you know, for our friends and neighbors out there. Um, If you see something, say something, you know, don't just drive through neighborhoods and, and, and just ignore it or, or uh, think down on it. It's really important to try to understand, too, what's underneath all of this. You know, there's a lot of things that um, that that bother me, you know, over over the time of being a native to Waterloo. There's a lot of misconceptions of, of ideas of why neighborhoods in our communities are distressed and why families are suffering with, you know, the burden of, of a lack of affordable housing. So be educated and really care about your neighbor um, and try to see them for, you know, who they truly are and really try to understand the why, you know, between, you know, for how families are and why they're suffering. Yeah, you know, that was 
I, I could not have put it any better, Allie. I, I really think that you hit the nail right on the head there. And, you know, we could talk about this topic for hours and yes. hours, especially Allie. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, guys, that I've learned about Allie in my time of knowing her. You get her talking about housing, this girl can go. I mean, she is a just, it is, it's scary sitting across from her because I'm like, I'm doing a podcast with who? Oh, cool. So I won't know anything. Great. Oh, whatever. My, I, my poor family and friends, right? Like, <laughs> can you just be chill for five minutes, please? Oh, no, but it's great. And honestly, I mean, it is, it, it, truthfully, though, I mean, guys, if you have not met Allie Parrish, if you have not uh, been around this woman, it is a blessing to know her. And it is such a blessing that she is at the helm of this ship of Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity because of the knowledge and the research that she does, it is just outstanding. So we do thank you. As much crap as I'm going to give her during this podcast, (laughs) we do thank her. We do thank her. Thank you, Jacqueline. No, no problems. Okay, she also paid me to say that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that check's in the mail, buddy. Check's in the mail. (laughs) Check's Someone's going to Maui after COVID. All right. So, you know... uh, We'll talk on more topics like this, but before we go, before we wrap things up, we are going to test our trivia here a little bit. So we're going to see if we can, you know, how this works out. I don't really know how I feel about this. I feel that this is like, (laughs) you know, the odds are against me right now. I'm not sure. They're definitely against me. That's going to be really embarrassing. Well, that's true, too. I mean, she has far more stake in the game than I do right now. Like, I mean, it's okay if I look like an idiot. Like, I'm not expected to know all of these things. But for her, she, she should. Heath, so, Heath and Andy are not, and John and Nick are all on like the edge of their listening right now. Like she's going to tank. Oh, man. She's not going to live this down. So we're going to bring in Nora. And Nora, go ahead and just introduce yourself to people. I feel that we're going to be hearing a lot of you in the future. But go ahead and introduce yourself. Absolutely. So I'm Nora, and I am the marketing outreach manager here at um, Iowa Heartland. And I started as an AmeriCorps member and did a year with that. And then I just got hired on full time in August. And um, we're kicking off with a, an exciting podcast. Project. Yeah, awesome. And this poor girl. I, I mean, know she she's has really to do, been. Through she the sat ringer. through this planning <laughs> meeting with us and just shook her head. It's like, who am I working with? Man. Yeah, we we love Laura. Nora. Laura. Why? Who? <laughs> We love Laura too. We, we I don't know Laura, who Laura. You know who you are, <laughs> Laura. We love you, Laura. We love you. All right, Nora with an N. Go ahead and give us this question that I'm going to get wrong. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, Jacqueline, you mentioned home dedications, and so that is one way that we celebrate. But in traditional terms, people typically call it housewarming parties. So, do you guys know why they were traditionally called housewarming parties? Ooh. That is interesting this is scary okay i have two options for why it was called a housewarming party okay you first okay (laughs) i'm I'm literally making this up i'm i'm creatively fabricating i had a teacher that would say you're not lying you're just creatively fabricating so uh, watch my youngest child to start using that phrase it's not a lie mom i'm creatively fabricating so i'm going to say that they started calling him a housewarming party many, many, many years ago because 
when houses were first built, there was no such thing as central heating. Mm. So the nice thing was they brought over, like, I don't know, blankets and, like, mm. logs for a fire. And it's like, mm. hey, great, here's your new home. Here's some <laughs> things to keep your house warm. I don't know. It makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's, why I, that, I, that's why I think it's called a housewarming party. Okay, okay. I mean, I could get down with that. I, uh, I was thinking along the lines of maybe, like, if they had, like, a... Uh, you know, one of the old-fashioned stoves that actually lit a fire Ooh, or whatever. Fair. Maybe it was, like, the inaugural fire lighting. Fair. Heating of the home for the very first time. A house so, heating. A house, actually, he- a house <laughs> heating, And, of course, these are only houses north <laughs> of the equator. And then- <laughs> no, absolutely. So, as the word does describe, it's a house warming. So, it was because before central heating existed, house warming parties were held to get firewood from neighbors. <laughs> Yes. yes! I would not exactly say we were like totally right, but we were not totally I mean, wrong. We weren't wrong. <laughs> we weren't wrong. That makes me so happy. Man. Oh, that was a good one to start with because as this continues, like I know they're gonna get way more technical. Oh, on she's the gonna ask us. Terms. She's I'm gonna like, ask us, like, you know, if you take this and then blah 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 this, and then what is the pi r squared? I don't know. So many, uh, I'm, I'm just making so many people upset right now. Math professors, history professors, my own mother. I mean, I'm just making everyone upset right now. Well, Nora, thank you for that That information. Absolutely. Housewarming. Oh, yeah, I love it. Hot diggity dog. I love it. I I need need to get a fireplace. I don't have a fireplace. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it was so fun. This is going to be, I think, the starting of something wonderful. Uh, I hope you had a few laughs with us, but also learned some things. Yeah. You know, I mean, Allie, that, that's the goal, right? Yes. That's the goal. We want people to have fun. We want people to learn things uh, and just go on this journey with us. Yes, so. absolutely. Yeah, we're so glad that you were with us today. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on Say It With Me. One, two, three. Bring him down, down the, the house. house. Yeah! <laughs> I like that. We Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you right back here at the next podcast. Take care, everyone. Bye.